Hey guys, hope everybody's doing all right. This week we're going to be looking at living on faith. Uh, coming out of 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. I am really, really excited about the Word today. And I really just, I'm excited to get into it. We're going to be looking at how our Christian life and our faith is cultivated by the Holy Spirit. And even when things look grim, even when things don't seem to be going right, and life seems so, so heavy on us, what do we do with that? And how do we operate in faith? How do we operate in the Holy Spirit in this? So I'm just, I'm really excited for this message. Let's go ahead and open up a prayer right quick. Father God, I just pray for this message. And I pray that you would just tenderize our hearts, that you would just speak to us in a mighty, mighty way, Father, that we would find our hope in you. I pray that your word would just manifest and come alive within our hearts and within our souls and within all that we are, Father. In your precious holy name, amen. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 16, says, For this reason, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Our light affliction, which lasts but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Folks, that's the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Amen. So starting out, trials, they will come. Trials are going to come, but don't lose heart. It goes back to the old saying that there's nothing uh, guaranteed in life except for death and taxes. Well, trials is another thing that's guaranteed in life. I guarantee you there's going to be a moment in life where trials come to find you. If they haven't already, hang on. They're coming for you. And it seems that the farther in life we get and the more we look around social economically and politically, the more grim things look. But the problem with that is we're looking in the wrong directions. If all we see is darkness and, and gloom, We're looking in the wrong direction. Because if we're looking at Jesus and we're placing our hope in Jesus, we see light. We see light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, there's darkness around us, but we see light and we reflect his light. So if we're not reflecting his light to the darkness around us, we really need to hone in to where our focus is and where we're going. (coughs) Excuse me. So like I said, trials come, but don't lose heart. Paul says, for this reason, we don't lose heart. That even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Since the fall of man, we have consistently physically been perishing. Since the fall of man, until... We had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Our inward man was also perishing. It had no hope because of sin. It had no hope. Our default destination because of sin was hell. 
in my line of work as a paramedic, I've heard uh, my medical directors numerous times say that our primary job is to find somebody that has entered in to the stages of death and to try to interrupt death. Guys, what our Heavenly Father did when he sent Jesus down to live with us and to take our place, not only did he interrupt the process of death, the dying process, he completely stopped it. He completely conquered it. Yes, we still have physical death in this world. But our spiritual death was stopped. It was arrested. It was conquered. And life was given to us. But the only way to have that life is to take the gift. And you may say, Pastor, hold up. We're saved by grace and grace alone. Nothing that we can do can contribute to our salvation, which is true. But hear me out, folks. Jesus died for us. When it says all men in the Bible, it means all men, not just a select number of people. It says all men. All men have been given, all people have been given the opportunity for this gift. We have to take possession of it. So like a dear friend of mine, I was showing him this uh, example. I held up a napkin and said, I'm giving you a napkin. And I still had it in my hand. He hadn't taken it yet. And while I still had it in my hand, I looked at him and said, is this napkin yours? No, because he hasn't taken possession of it. Now, once he took possession of it, I looked at him and said, now, is that napkin yours? He said, yes. I said, that is how the gift of salvation works. Jesus is offering a gift. Something that we do not deserve. Something that we have not earned. Jesus is offering a gift. And we have to take possession of said gift. Once we take possession of said gift, we have now been brought into his family. We have now started the regenerative process of being made new. We've become a new creature, the Bible says. We've been given a new name, a new identity. Our previous identity was one associated with eternal death. Our new identity is now associated as heirs of God and his kingdom. So like I said, when trials come, don't lose heart. Next, daily renewal is our strength. Life gets hard sometimes. This physical life, it gets hard sometimes. But our inward man has to be renewed day by day. How do we do that? Day by day, our inner man, our spirit has to be renewed. The only way that we can accomplish getting renewed is only through the Holy Spirit, only through Jesus. And the only way to do that is to spend time with Him. You've got to dig into His Word. I can't stress it enough. You've got to dig into the Word of God. You've got to spend time on your knees in prayer daily, throughout the day. 
I'm not talking about this superhuman regiment where you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, you read three hours, you hum and you sing hymns for another three hours, you pray for another six hours. No, we still have work to do during the daylight. We still have to go to work by the sweat of our brow and make this bread and trust the Lord that he's going to give us this bread. But throughout the day, we've got to keep our focus on him. It doesn't take much effort, folks. Listen to me. It doesn't take much effort. All it takes is a couple seconds to stop. Recognize that something's from the Lord and stop and say, Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> All throughout the day. Or to see a need and either pray for it or take action and take care of that need. <clears throat> Some needs that we encounter, we... The only thing that we can do is pray for it because we don't have the capacity nor the resources to fix that need. Other times, the Lord will place us in a position to where we can physically, tangibly change somebody's life or we can physically meet somebody else's need. And we've got to be very sensitive, very sensitive to those moments that God has placed in our lives that we can meet somebody else's needs. You cannot grow or remain strong if you're apart from the branch. That's We have to daily renew our strength. And we can't do it if we're apart from the branch, if we're being separated from the branch. Jesus said that he is the branch. God is the branch dresser. That means that we're being tended to. That means that we're being cultivated, but also means that we're deeply connected to the branch. We are deeply connected. And we cannot grow if we're not fully connected. So again, how do we get connected? We get into his word. We pray with him. Another way that we get connected is we surround ourselves with godly people to grow with. Iron sharpens iron. We cannot grow by ourselves in a healthy way. Our growth is grossly stunted when we try to grow independently from each other. And it is never going to happen if we try to do it independently from God. And it saddens me greatly to see so many churches, Western churches, separating themselves from the vine, separating themselves from God, isolating themselves from God, and trying to do things apart from Him. That is not healthy. That is not good. That leads to destruction. If you're in one of those churches, pray for your church leaders to return back to the true gospel, to return back to God and to seek his face boldly. Not to let the culture and the money and the... I'm just going to leave it at that. <clears throat> just return back to the Lord. I'm getting sidetracked on that. <clears throat> so as I said, trials come, but where is your focus? Where is your focus? Affliction is but 
for a season is temporary. So don't make any permanent decisions about a temporary problem. A lot of times when we start to focus on only the problem, we lose hope. We lose the sight of God's light. And so many people, once they lose hope, they lose any reason to live. And they take their own lives. They make a permanent decision to a temporary problem, to a temporary season. Where's your focus? Trials come. It's part of life. Trials come. But where's our focus? Our focus helps determine how we handle these trials. Are they going to beat us up and kill us? Or are we going to take them with stride and maintain our focus and our ride straight towards Jesus? Going back to our opening passage, starting in verse 17, it says, Our light affliction, which lasts but for a moment, works for us far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Where is your focus? Are you focusing on your job? Are you focusing on the economy? Are you focusing on the stock market? Are you being distracted by entertainment such as sports and video games and movies and TV shows and TikTok and social media? Are you being distracted by that? Where's your focus? When trials come, what happens? Do you revert back to some sins and lifestyles that you try so desperately hard to avoid? Or do you grow through the trials? See, what we do in between the trials is also just as important as what we do during the trials. When the trials are not on us at that moment, we need to be digging deeper into the Word of God really, really deep. That way, when the trials do come, we have something that we can stand on, something that is solid. We have a solid foundation. We still have our strength. We still have some stamina to us when the trials come. And we can grow. Also, when the trials are here, we've got to be planted and digging deep into the Word then too. Are you catching the drift here? During the trials, dig into the Word. When there's not a trial, dig into the Word. Are you catching the central theme here? I hope so. Because what we do when we dig into the word, that is what helps us eternally. The issues of life are temporary. Our health is temporary. Money, it comes and it goes quickly. It's temporary. Relationships are temporary. As hard as that sounds, as much as I love the people in my life, it is all temporary. Temporary. 
But our relationship with Jesus Christ, our relationship with our maker is eternal. What are you going to choose to do today? Are you going to choose to have an eternal relationship with the maker of the universe? Are you going to turn down that free gift and say, I'm good, man. I don't care what you have to offer me. That choice the Lord does make for, leave to us. Now, I'm a firm believer that the Lord predestines things and that he is all-knowing. But I am also a firm believer that the Lord does allow us to have autonomy and to make our own decisions on some things. And we do have the, the choice to say, yes, Lord. And we have the choice to say, I'm good. Both choices have eternal ramifications. Both choices also affect the people around us, the generations below us. So choose wisely whom you're going to serve. Because the God of this world, the master of this world, he will offer you quick and easy schemes, get rich quick schemes. But guess what? Money comes and money goes. Guess what else? We all got to die at some point. And that's when things are eternal. God never promised that we'd be rich in this world, but he did promise that if we seek after his kingdom and that we follow him boldly, we would have riches in heaven. And even better, we'd have eternity with our maker. So in closing, trials are going to come and go. Seasons are going to change, but don't lose heart. Remember, the things seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So you get to make the choice today. What type of eternity are you going to have? Eternity with the maker of everything or eternity in complete separation and turmoil? Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word. I pray that it would just manifest in our hearts. I trust that your word says, your word says, and I trust this, that it does not go out and return void. And I pray, Father, that it deeply penetrates every heart that gets to hear your word today. I pray for your blessing over all that we do. Guide us, Father. Help us to be servants that you desire. Give us wisdom in all that we do. Give us discernment in all that we do. Help us to see with your eyes the people around us and help us to keep our vision and our focus solely on you, Father. We just thank you and we praise you. In your precious and holy name, amen.